What is worrying? Worrying means focusing on future negative events that you can anticipate or prepare for. It draws attention to opportunities. When it comes to worry, that function is pretty clear. It draws our attention to the fact that there's something we maybe should be doing or preparing for or preventing. It gives us the motivation to do something about it. Let worry motivate you. But if you find it unproductive, try to take your mind off of things by getting engaged in other activities. Focus on work, do something enjoyable, or try a coloring book for adults. You can't worry and focus on getting the tasks done at the same time. While some psychologists agree, worry can have an upside but warns that too much of it can lead to problems. About 85% of things that we worry about never happen. 85% of what we worry about never happen. Now this excerpt was taken from an NBC News article about worry and what psychologists have to say about worrying. Now, we know as believers, the Bible says that we should not worry. But how do we take worry and use it to fuel us within our faith walk so that we may never worry again? Welcome to episode 10 of Conquering Me. Can worry be my fuel? Let's discuss. If you have made it through all of, well, I said made it like it was a struggle. <laughs> if you are here and you have listened to all of the episodes, all 10 episodes, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for supporting me in this journey. Thank you so much for your prayers as I do what God is calling me to do. And I really do hope and pray that you are receiving something. I hope that you are gaining something. I hope that you are walking away and saying, wow, I learned something more about God, about my relationship with God. And I want God to challenge me in my walk. And I believe as believers, that's what we are supposed to desire. We should desire God to challenge us in our walk so that we can be more and more like him. We can reflect him and be the believers and believe this, be the salt of this earth and the light in this world. And that's what I pray for. So thank you once again for being with me. We are talking about worrying. Man, let me say this. Worry is, I know for me has been a struggle for me. Um, I definitely have, God has given me more wisdom and understanding on how to recognize when worry is coming, uh, what to do about it. And uh, for some people, they just naturally just don't worry about anything at all. And then there's some people to where they just worry about everything under the sun. And then there's some that's in between, you know, some things they worry about, some things that they don't. For me, it has to do about the priorities, specific, uh, specifically anything regarding my family. You know, I always have concerns about that. Maybe it's just the, the wife or the woman, because sometimes women, you know, we may uh, 
get a little bit more worried about our, our children and the future of our family. And, and if we're on the right track, God, are we doing the things that you called us to do? All of these things really do come in place. But I wanted to talk about the spirit of worry and take a different perspective and a different look at worry. Can we use worry to be our fuel? And I know this is something completely different. Um, we don't think of it like that, about worry and being our fuel. But I say that for me, yes, you can allow worry to be your fuel. First of all, I just want to dive right into this, how I view worry as being our fuel. Number one, worry for me is a testing of your faith, which is a good thing. And I'm going to give you this scripture to let you know why testing of your faith is a good thing. James 1 and 3 says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, produces perseverance. Now, some um, some translations say produces endurance. Some translations say it uh, produces patience. Whenever we want to grow in God, there has to be a, a testing of our faith. There has to be something that goes beyond us, something that makes us believe or even recognize where we may not have the faith that we thought we did. So whenever something for me tests my faith, it actually challenges me to see if I have spots or moments of unbelief. Certain areas for some of us, it is very, very easy for us to believe God wholeheartedly. We don't even think twice about it. Some areas we do have to, it's, it's a struggle. We have to think about what is it that is allowing me or causing me not to move in God or causing me not to believe in God. So for me, when that sign, which is usually worry, so if I'm worrying about a particular thing, let's take a simple example. I can worry about, uh, let's say this when I was in college, I used to worry about my studies. If I'm studying properly, am I getting the good grades? Am I doing all of this stuff? But for me, it's a sign of, am I truly believing in God that he has already supplied my needs, that he's already taken care of what I need to do? But then also I'm thinking to myself, Jennifer, have you done your part of studying? Why are you so worried? So there's a gap there. So for me, the testing of it, the worry allows me to really look and examine my faith on the area in which I'm worrying, right? So I hope that makes sense. So for me, there's so many ways that worry can be your fuel and we will go into the different examples. Um, a second way that worry can fuel you is by through your strength. It strengthens your faith. It really does strengthen your faith. There are moments where I am believing and I am, honey, when I say I'm believing, I'm talking about I'm praying heaven down for something. And if I'm worried about it, I have to ask myself, God, have I really released this over to you? Am I believing in your promises? Am I believing that you said that I am whole? So why am I worried that I am not whole or that I will never be whole? What's interesting is in the excerpt that I read, um, the article that I read in the introduction of this podcast, it talked about a lot of the things that we worry about are focusing on our negative. We are anticipating negative events, right? 
we don't worry if we're going to have a good day. Oh, I just, I'm worried that somebody's going to give me a million dollars tomorrow. Who's going to worry about that? No one is worrying about the good stuff. We're worrying about the negative stuff. But what's interesting is even scientists are saying that the worry is letting us know that there is something that we can do about it. That there is something that we can do. Are we prepared? Is there something that we need to prepare for? Is there something that we are supposed to pray about and really release this over to God? So worrying actually puts a light on somewhere there where there is a possible a deficit. A deficit of faith, a deficit of preparation, maybe skills. Maybe you're worried because how about this? <laughs> how about this? It, it was so funny. I went to uh, a couple years ago, one of my uh, just regular checkups. And I was sitting here thinking like, oh, man, the doctor going to say something about my weight. And. You know, in my head, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, I'm really kind of worried about that scale. So, of course, what, what I started doing, I started to try to eat right like two weeks before the doctor's appointment. And I remember this doctor, this was some years ago. I remember her saying, and she said, well, how's your eating? And I said, oh, my eating is really good. You know, I'm, you know, I, I make sure I eat my fruits and vegetables. I go walking. And then she asked me this one simple question. How long you been doing that? And I was like, ooh, she called me out. Now. If I had a lifestyle of eating right and working out, I would not be worried about what the possible results would be because I was already preparing myself. So I'm not worried for negative responses or results because I'm anticipating positive because I've been doing the work. So worry is your fuel because it actually pushes you to examine yourself and examine your life. Is there a deficit? Also, I truly believe that worry allows you to develop skills and possibly build your character in faith. So going back to that example that I gave regarding health, because of, I remember that appointment, that was some years ago. It had to be about well over six, seven years ago when the doctor asked me, you know, hey, how long have you been doing this? And she called me out which was, it was funny and I laughed, but she called me out. But from there, I develop a skill about being very, very mindful of my eating and my um, fitness lifestyle. I'm still on the journey. I had to change, I had to go deeper, be honest with you. With that conversation of her calling me out, it, it had me to go deeper. I started asking myself, why is it that you start jumping on the health bandwagon before a doctor's appointment? When you know you don't like the size that you're that you are, you don't like your weight, you um you want you know that you can be healthier, you can do things better. But why? So what happened that that spirit of worry, which allowed the doctor, which I'm grateful for, to call me out, but then I had to really see the cycle. Like Jennifer, you get worried about this stuff because there's a vicious cycle. What's going on that's causing you to stay within this cycle? So you know what that actually led me to? It actually led me to be more mindful of my eating, uh, being uh, working out more, even dealing with my mental and, and emotional state. God, am I really giving things over to you? Are there some root issues that I need to deal with? What is happening that I'm always living in worry? Here is the thing. There is a place to where we as believers need to get to the place of God has already supplied all of your needs all of your needs. 
So I don't need to worry. I don't need to fret. I don't need to be concerned about stuff. But see, where my concern is, worry pops up when we are not doing what God has called us to do. Worry pops up when we have not truly rested and believed in the faith and believed in the promises of God. Because the promises of God will literally calm your spirit. So then my question is, do we know the promises of God? Do we truly know the promises of God? I wanted to really for us, the scriptures, the main scriptures, even though I already gave us James 1 and 3. The main scriptures I want to talk about is uh, what Jesus was talking about. Do not worry. And this is Matthew 6, 1934. And in here, this is Jesus is letting us know, first of all, where to put our treasures and also tells us, do not worry. And he gives examples of if your father in heaven is taking care of all the other creatures that he has created, why is he not taking care of you? So I want us to read um, Matthew 6, 19 through 34. So Matthew 6, 19 says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and their thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will lay also. Now here's the thing. I want to say that's on verse 19. Well, this is verse 19 through 21. 21 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Some of us are stressing over things that we are never supposed to allow have that much power in our lives. Our homes are a part of our security. Everyone, well, not everyone, most people would love to live in a beautiful home, something that represents them, something that feels good when they walk in. But some of us are stressing ourselves out by working two jobs, by not even allowing people to even live comfortably in the house because we are putting so much of our identity and so much of our peace within this object. And unfortunately, we know that these things can be destroyed in a matter of minutes. We see all the time on the news, some natural disaster came along and wiped out everything that people owned on earth. And that is so sad and it's so unfortunate. And every time when I see this stuff, I'm like, God, how can I help? Let it be prayer, intercession, um, giving into the local uh, charities there who are helping people. Whatever it is, God, you help me so I can be a help to them. Because no one wants to go through the things of losing what they have, but... We have to find a balance. And really, it's not even a balance because Jesus is saying, don't even put your faith and trust in all these things. Your heart should be laid on the treasure, which is heavenly, not these earthly things, because we know these earthly things will pass away. Even if it passes away when you pass away, these things will not last. So I have to put all of my trust in God and all of my trust in the riches of God and what he is calling us to be and calling us to do. I have to put all of my trust. So whatever is flowing from your heart where you're finding worry, my question is, is that your treasure? Are you looking at this as a source instead of it being a resource? 
Some of us worry about finances for various reasons, for various reasons. But have we really placed money in its right perspective? Am I putting too much stock in my net worth value? Or am I just realizing this is a tool that God can give me wisdom and knowledge on how to manage properly? There is a difference. Because a tool, I know how to use it to build. I know what to do with it. But if I have something that is my treasure, it is my identity, I have all of these sentimental values connected to it, that means that when it's gone, I literally almost lose myself. And we as believers can't be like that. Let's go to verse 22. The eye is of the lamp of the body. If your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be fuel of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other. You will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink. And I love how Jesus, hold on. I love how Jesus literally said, you cannot serve God and money. Some translation says God and mammoth. And we, I just talked about the treasures. Some of us are putting finances and money. We're making it our God, not even realizing it. We really are. And so we're worried. Every time a bill comes in, we're worried. Every time an extra expense comes in, we're worried. It's just this thing is controlling us, right? So, but Jesus says later in 25, in 25, verse 25, therefore do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not your life more than food and the body more than clothes? And <laughs> I love how Jesus says, wait a minute. And what he's really, what I take away from that is your body not worth more than the food and the clothes that you will put on and the food that you will put in it. Like understand your value. No, 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 not your value according to man, but understand your value according to God. I present my body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you. Verse 26 says, look at the birds in the air. Do not uh, sow or reap or store away in the barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much, much more valuable than they? Can any one of you be worrying add a single hour to your life? Verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow it is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith, do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. Hear me. Verse 20, verse 32 says, your heavenly father knows that you need them. He knows that you need the basic things in life. Therefore, he has already supplied them for you. Verse 33 says, but this is how we get to it. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will, will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble in its own. Hear me. 
How can worry be your fuel? Allow worry to place a spotlight on areas where you have little or no faith. Allow worry. If you are constantly worrying over the same thing over and over and over and over, allow it to fuel you of exploring why. God, why am I so worried about this? Why am I worried about my health? Why am I worried about my job? Whatever that worry is. And you know what's so interesting about God? He has a beautiful way of letting us know exactly what it is. And sometimes, and I believe a lot of times, is deeper than what we could even imagine. In worrying for me, and I'm going to use finances because in the scripture, it talks about, you know, serving God and mammoth, which is money. I came across this class. It was a financial class. And she was, the teacher was talking about how a lot of us do not understand how we have an emotional relationship with money. And because of how we were raised, let it be, they talked about it or they didn't talk about it. So some of us worry about finances, even if you have a great paying job or you have a business that's doing well. Some of us worry about finances because of how we were raised. Maybe every time you saw your parents pay a bill, you saw the stress and worry. So for you, that spirit of lack has been passed down to you, even though you may be, according to others, living in abundance. Maybe because you have gone through so many things in life, you feel like your new relationship or your new job or whatever, the new good thing that's happening in your life, you feel like it's going to fail. So you unknowingly begin to self-sabotage because that worry of, well, this is going to fail just like everything else. This has been passed down to you. Some things that we are battling have been passed down to us. Let worry open your eyes on where there is little to no faith. Do not allow worry to consume you. Jesus is telling us, do not worry. Don't worry about the problems. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to... And let me, let me help you out. For some of us who are considering like regarding finances... God has me on this for whatever reason. Maybe because America, maybe within our American culture, we are very, very centered around money. We talk about money so much. And unfortunately, we put money on a pedestal instead of putting it in its correct place. I want you to meditate on this scripture. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, For it is he, God, who gives you the ability to produce wealth. So if you are concerned about money, how are you going to get money? If you're making enough money, whatever it is, I need you to take all of that and go to God and saying, God, I'm giving this over to you. I know you do not want me to live in worry. I know you don't want me to live in lack. I know that you have taken care of all of what I need. So I'm going to go to you. The, the scripture that we read said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. So God, I am seeking your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, your truth, your peace. How do I live like you in this area? Because some of us, we are okay with having a Christian-like Let's say, uh, let's say we're, we're good with letting, allowing our marriages or even how we raise our children to be very reflective of the word of God. But some of us in other areas, we have not allowed the Holy Ghost to enter in yet. So we're still trying to manage it 
on our own wisdom and knowledge, which we cannot do. So you may be believing, but you're like, God, I need you to help my unbelief. I need you to help this area over here where I have little faith. Where this faith, and I know you said faith of a mustard seed, but God, I, I feel like it's not even a mustard seed yet. Something isn't happening. Like this worry is consuming me. Allow that worry to bring attention to the areas of unbelief. Mark 9, 24 says, Immediately the boy's father ex exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Allow your worry to place you at your master's feet and ask him, Lord, help me to over overcome my unbelief. Help me to see where I am not trusting and believing in you. And I want you to, I want you to really write this down. Write down the areas where you are consistently worrying. I don't, I want us to get out of, see, I was raised under the understanding of when you worry about something, you have to immediately cast it down and keep pushing. But God has been really teaching me that if something is arising, he's allowing this thing to come up so we can cast it over to him. So I need to say, okay, God, I'm worrying about something. Why am I worrying about this? What is this root? What is happening? Sometimes you have to go to the root and allow that head to come up and allow everything else that has been attached to it to die. And the number one way to help us to not worry is to keep the promises of God right in front of our faces. Some of us are worried that we will never be um, in healthy relationships. We feel like we will always be alone. We feel like we will always go through whatever the case is. But we have to know that God is always with us. I want to, I want to say these last scriptures as a way to help motivate us to keep some promises. Keep the promises of God in front of you. We keep the negatives in front of us. Let it be via social media, um, the news, whatever channel that we decide to watch the news channels. And what I've also realized was interesting. I was telling my husband and I said, you know, there's not a lot of comedy shows out anymore. The main shows that are coming out are usually drama um, is some type of police show, some lawyer show. It's about a lot of uh, sad stuff. Reality shows, we know reality shows, all these shows have been around for a very, very long time. But it's interesting how it's more and more difficult to find just lighthearted comedy shows, just to laugh. The Bible talks about laughter is, is like medicine to the soul. So a lot of the things that even we are consuming does not even make room for the promises of God to, to really flourish. It allows the spirit of worry to flourish. If I keep watching stuff about death, eventually I'm going to be afraid about dying. And as believers, we should not be afraid about dying because we know that there is eternal life. So I just want to leave these last three scriptures before we end about the promises of God that maybe will help you. I hope it will help you in the spirit of worry. Number one, ask God to examine why are you worried? Because your worry does fuel you. God, why am I worrying? I keep worrying over the same thing. Number two, there is something that you can do in the natural. There is something, but I want to make this clear. 
Do not lean onto your own understanding. You have to lean onto God's understanding. The scripture that we read before was, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So first you need to seek God on why you're worrying. And then also, God, what's the plan and the execution? Some of it is, I got to tighten up on this. I got to do this. I need to go back to school. I need to go ahead and, and uh, apply for this loan. Whatever it is, there are certain things that you have to do. We have to partner with God. God is saying, I've already made the way for you. The steps of a righteous man are ordered. Everything is ordered. It's laid out. But I need you to do your part. And as you do your part, I want you to place scriptures of God's promises around you. Let it surround you. Let it be your phone uh, savior, a saver. Let it be on your laptop, your tablet. Honey, write it on the wall, frame it, whatever it is. Get a pillow. Whatever your favorite scripture is that uh, aligns with the promises of God that helps you know, okay, yes, there is hope. I can speak peace. I can speak love. I can speak joy. I can expect good things from God. I can expect one of the things I'm going to leave these last three scriptures with you. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God says he is with us. He is always be with us. Philippians 1 6 says, be confident of this, that he who begun a good work in you will carry it on out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What Christ, what God has done in the beginning of you, it will come to pass. You have to believe. You have to have faith. Let your faith be strengthened in this process. Let your joy be magnified in this process. He said, I am with you always, always, always that he is with you. And then we're going to end on Psalms 46. God is our refuge and our strength and ever present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give away, the mountains fall and into the heart of the sea, though it waters war and foam and the mountains quick with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad of the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. God is within her, she will not fail. God will help her break out the day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. Hear me, the Lord Almighty is with us. That is enough not to worry because the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done and the dissolution he has brought on earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks down the bows and shatters the spear and burns the shields with fire. He says in verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let worry push you towards God. Let it fuel you. Let worry say, let, let worry make you say, I'm not dealing with this anymore. Worry has been too much a part of my life. I have worried too long about this. I'm having anxiety attacks. I can't breathe. Whatever your issue is, 
Some people, when they worry and they're stressed out, they lose weight like crazy. They start losing hair. Some people, they overeat. It's all of these things. They become mean. They become bitter. All of these things. Let worry tell you that you're done. That it's time for a change. Let worry say, I got to believe in what God has told me. And I will do what God has told me. Because he will complete a good work in me. And he is always with me. I love you all. I hope that you all have enjoyed this. I hope that you have received something. Let worry fuel you. Don't make it let you sit down. Don't make, look, you better not make worry put you in that corner. Because if you go in that corner, that's where the spirit of shame comes in. The spirit of procrastination comes in. The spirit of anxiety comes in. Depression comes in. No, 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 no. Let worry push you towards the feet of God and the understanding of God. Do not allow condemnation to come in because you're worried. We just read a scripture to where the man said to Jesus, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Let your cry out be so ridiculous to where it said, God, I believe, but I understand in this area I'm struggling. Because the scripture before that, he said to Jesus, if you may heal. And Jesus said, if, if. Some of us have some ifs in our lives. So allow the worry to push that if out so that it can be, he can and he will, and he did do it. I just want to say a collective prayer for us as a group, all of us, all of us, including myself. Lord, we thank you for your wisdom and knowledge that you are bestowing upon us. We thank you for the spirit of truth that will begin to live and reside and consume us, God. We thank you for worry is not our portion. You said, do not worry for tomorrow. Do not worry for what we will eat. Do not worry for the clothes that we wear. All of these things. You said, if we seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, all of these things shall be added unto you. Shift our very focus. Things that we're worrying about is consuming us. For some of us, it is consuming us. It's changing our nature. It's changing if we even believe in you, God. I thank you for worrying, being a spirit that we lay at your feet. And we will not pick it up again. It will push us closer to you. It will push us closer to be better stewards. It will push us closer to be more proactive, God. God, worry is not our portion and it will not be a part of our identity. We thank you. And God, I ask that a specific call for anyone that does not know you. If anyone does not know God and they're listening to him, listen to me right now. I ask that you just put your hands up and say, Lord, I believe that you are the son of God. I ask that you forgive me of my sins and I give my life over to you. Please come into my heart and save me so that I may do what you call me to do and I will live in a life of freedom and not live in a life of worry. God, I thank you for you are giving me your wisdom right now as we speak. If you have said that and you have asked God to forgive you of your sins and you believe that in your heart and you ask him to be your savior, you are now saved. For those of us who are saved and maybe the spirit of worry has been too much a part of your life. It is always calling and talking to you. I'm going to specifically ask for the spirit of wisdom to rain down upon you. Let God give you his godly wisdom, not man's wisdom. God, forgive us for always relying on man's wisdom. 
Allow us to only rely on your wisdom. And even when man wisdom come our way, let the spirit of discernment rise up so that we may decipher accordingly to your spirit and to your word what we should take and what we should not take. Lord, I thank you for we would ask of your wisdom freely, liberally, so that you may give it to us freely. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we honor you and we adore you for you are so amazing and loving. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I love you all and speak to you next Friday.